Are the expectations way too high? Where do we go from here? The only question, how long can it last? What's up, everyone? Welcome to Zero to 100. I'm Zach DeSalvo, joined by the guys, Alex Crescenti and Eric Padilla. Uh, we've got a great show for you guys today with some really exciting stuff and a couple of big announcements to come as well. So make sure to stay tuned for the whole thing. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. Just, you know, typical Sunday, enjoying some NFL right now. This has been, I think, the best weekend for binging sports in a long time for me. I think all year. And like we've had playoff basketball, we've had MLB playoff push, Stanley Cup final, and of course NFL football and some pretty good college football. It's been just just coming at us all from so many directions. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I am exhausted. Like this, the the sports effect is just it's hitting me. It's there, like you said, there's just so many exciting games going on and things to watch and you feel like there's never really you can't ever take a night off nowadays with with the sports do you feel like lebron in that image of him just laying on the court last night (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) that's how that's honestly how i feel after watching these playoff games like this is probably i think this is the first time in almost a decade that i've been this invested in a team and hoping that they are winning their games and oh my god it's just pain so much are we a little sad that the bubble is going to be coming to an end soon. I am. I mean, I've been loving just having the NBA. Like we don't really, I guess we still don't really know when it's going to be back for the start of the next season, but I feel like it's, it's, you know, knock on wood. It's gone really well. Let's just have every season in the bubble now. It's just, they have to stay there. They can't leave. Oh, if we do that, things are going to, bad things are going to be happening. Yeah, we'll have more uh, Houston uh, Rockets players. Yeah. You know, sneak Daniel House oh, just yeah. won't be able to ever survive. <laughs> all right well i think uh b- before we get too much into it we've got a, a pretty special announcement one of our hosts uh, alex Crescenti here is has been uh in the trade market and kind of went into free agency and now has officially accepted a new position in spokane washington Crescenti, do you want to tell the listeners about your new job yeah um pretty cool opportunity up there in spokane at the abc affiliate and got to talking with the station and accepted an offer to be a reporter slash producer, maybe even sprinkle in some weather and anchoring uh, when need be. And it's a really cool opportunity. I think it's going to propel my career uh, to some new heights there and gets me back into the news industry, especially at a time where uh, maybe we could use some uh, good journalism. But yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. But uh, with that comes... Uh, contracts and you know certain language in the contract says uh no compete and you know i guess zero to 100 is you know considered a competitor and uh you know it, it's 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 sort of uh, a bittersweet moment but you know i'm not going anywhere exactly uh for forever i'll still be around but it's um my regular <laughs> my regular um appearances on the show are going to be uh reduced let's say i'll, I'll be more of a consultant i'll be uh <laughs> like uh, ed reed on the miami hurricanes yeah so Crescenti's graduating from from zero to 100 but you know we're excited for him glad to have him a little closer to us now he's been about as far away as he could be from 
from the zero to 100 guys. So we're stoked to have him back in the state of Washington, even though it's in but, that, that Spokane. But of course, what this means is we can do some collaborating in person, probably. Um, That's right. A lot uh, sooner than we thought now too, because we'll only be hours away and maybe, uh, maybe a chance to do some really neat things in the future, but we'll see. I, I, I got to still uh, work out some things with the station. It seems like, you know, what's, what's allowed, what's not, but you know, uh, it's, it's not, uh, it's see real soon. It's not forever. This kind of feels like, uh, kind of like the Ray Allen jumping ship and joining the Miami heat. <laughs> you just guys, you guys just going to try to beat me up and, you know, Oh, I don't bring back those happy times in my life, man. Is Kenny thinking he's going to make some memories of his own, hit a, hit a game winning shot. Yeah. Does this mean if I'm the Ray Allen, does this mean I'm joining one of the best of all time and winning a championship, defeating you guys? Can Kristeni save the series? Ooh. I can, I can hear it now. I can hear Mike Breen, Breen saying, bang. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get a couple legendary bangs and when we get you on for, for a guest. So we'll have to make sure we still uh, keep in touch with you on the pod because I'm sure you'll, you'll still be listening and hear our takes that just infuriate you and you'll have to come and you'll have yourself. to exactly yeah whenever you know hunter wish comes on and uh, you know spouts lakers propaganda i have to be there to push back against that i can't be allowing that um but also i mean you guys are probably gonna have to put out some applications for a new co-host there so maybe you know put it on the poll and see you know who, who the viewers want so this was maybe the biggest college football week of the year so far and we had upsets galore we almost had a couple other upsets happen and it was actually some big news that was breaking earlier in the week that was really the talk of the town is that basically all but three fbs teams will now be playing in the 2020 season and that includes the pac-12 we're back. We'll be doing, yeah, we are all the way back. Well, kind of back. We're half back because we're playing only a half schedule, basically. And so this will be basically, if, if I'm reading this correct, a six-game schedule plus a Pac-12 title game on December 18th for a chance to possibly get into the college football playoff. I have no idea how it's going to work. I don't even think that the voters know how this is going to work, but – it's some exciting news and I'm kind of at the point where it's like, all right, if we want to risk these, the health of these athletes and everyone else is doing it, why not us? Right guys. <laughs> yeah. We might as well jump on the bandwagon if we're going to be risking people's lives. Yeah. We'll just see, we'll see how long, how long it lasts. I mean, <clears throat> for the most part, everything seems to be going fine. What we've had three weeks of college football so far. I mean, yeah, and it, just, what, two or three games postponed better. for college. <laughs> well, well, it's been a lot more actually. I Has mean, it been every more than weeks. I mean, last week Notre Dame and USF played, and Notre Dame blew them out. Now this week, neither teams were playing because they both had positive cases on their teams, basically outbreaks. Oh damn! And so you're seeing that the colleges are just doing a pretty terrible job. And also, we don't know if teams are going to be honest with their COVID numbers because you've seen teams like Oklahoma said, oh, we're just not going to report any COVID numbers because a tactical advantage. And I'm like, what? 
This isn't a sprained <laughs> ankle. This is something that like the opposing teams need to know if you're going to take the damn field. So it's such it's such a mess here. But like I, I think, for, I mean LSU and Clemson won't get it because their whole teams have had it now. So they're good for the rest of the season. But it, it'll be interesting to see because I know in the Pac-12, I think it was like a seven-five vote that got it over the edge. Like it was really close. I think like. Colorado, USC, UW, and a couple others voted against coming back. Oh, wow. I didn't realize some teams didn't want to. Yeah, yeah there's like five teams. USC yeah. actually voted to come back. It was, it was Cal and I think Stanford that voted. That's right. Not the smart back. people voted not to come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's mean, going to be so weird. Our, what was your initial feeling when you saw the news that we're back? Like we're going to have a football season. I was pumped, dude. Got to pull out the the WSU gear now. It's been just sitting in my closet, not being worn since I didn't expect to have a season going. Yeah, I think too, it would have been really tough to see all these other, uh, you know, conferences start up play and the Pac-12 not. I think that would have just been like, I mean, it sucks to kind of be like, yeah, it's risky, but we have to do it because everyone is. But I mean, I think like it would have been really hard for these players to not get to play a year i think like we, we would have lost a lot of players to go into other teams just because i mean we, yeah we already, we already were. did right yeah. exactly yeah so it's like I, th- I think it's just one of those things where you kind of had to come back and do something so at least they're doing this like shortened schedule to keep the season going but yeah it's gonna be exciting i mean man the sports just keep coming and coming i guess now yeah. we get to see uh, a new quarterback as well we get to see what Rolovich is thinking about who's going to be the future of the team and the leader. I mean, I think Cam Cooper is probably the odds on favorite, but I, I, it'll be interesting to, we also get to see just how this offense works and, and maybe like, it's a bit of a throwaway. Like if we only win, if we go two and four in the schedule, like I don't think I'll be terribly disappointed because to me, does this exactly count as a full season? Not That's really. kind of what I was so, thinking. Like, it's almost a big uh, – like, it's kind of a big test to see what is going to work for us. And like you said, there's really not much on the line. Like, it's a shortened season, so it's not, it's not going to feel nearly as real as actual Pac-12 play when, like, it starts up next year. I'm kind of like – even like you guys are saying it's a throwaway season, I'm still kind of worried though because obviously if this pandemic keeps keeps going, I mean, we're going to have something similar again the following season. But – and then we're going to have players that are ready to go into the draft. Like, hell, Max Borgie could – he could just – we could just have a shitty season. He could yeah, be like, we you might know have what? just I'm wasted our, our best yeah, season we just, with him. Yeah, we just wasted our best player on probably one of the – I mean, a season that we couldn't control but just like a really shitty season – and then we're left without a top running back. So I mean, there's a chance that he was going to be gone anyway. Yeah. but Because I, I don't know what his draft grade is. I don't even know if there's been a draft grade, grade yet for him. But he's probably the biggest talent that we have in terms of the draft right now. But, yeah, it would have been unfortunate to not get anything out of him. So it, it, it is cool to – and we'll also basically let to see let Max cook because we're gonna really see him unleashed in this offense. So that's exciting. Oh, yeah. Damn, um, taking Russell Wilson saying Grisenny. I'm surprised you picked that one. I feel like everyone is using that saying now, right? 
And I only I hear think, it for Russell Wilson. I was going to say, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's like, I, I maybe they're using it for other things, but I think that was yeah. kind of the start of it was the, it's, it, yeah. What, you're, you're not, you're telling me you're not outside rock, a hard rock stadium uh, chanting, let to a cook. No, I don't no. think we're saying you that. just, you just hear it from the Hawks. <laughs> it will be fascinating to see because i assume the bowl games aren't gonna have fans for the most part depending on the state but like imagine like a two-win wsu team gets invited to the vegas bowl like is, i i don't yeah. know like because it, it seems like you don't even need six wins to be eligible it's just no you could have one win and get invited it's basically so, like participation trophies is what yeah. the, is what college football is handing out for which i mean hell i mean I that's kind of what the I bowl games have been already like there's so many of them and so many like crappy teams get into the bowl games that aside from you know the championship oh, and i forget people. zach hates bowl season you don't I like don't bowl hate, season man no i don't hate bowl season i just think there's just you so many like of 12 them. hours to a bowl yeah i've been to my, i've been to a couple bowls myself but i don't know i just think the ones where you, you know you get the the six and six teams in there is just like come on what, what are we doing here well yeah it's like us playing in the cheese it's bowl on <laughs> I was about to say, that's usually us <laughs> against air force you know right yeah, that was the that, that and was yeah like, like that that game i would have rather us not made a bowl game than had to see that one happen so yeah yeah i, I know it's but it's just so much money and I, I guess it brings in a lot of money to espn which owns most of the bowls I don't know how a final four is going to work because I know one of the sites is Pasadena and California is still pretty strict with their COVID uh, restrictions. And I can't imagine they're going to be much better come January 1st. Well, that's what I'm curious about too. The whole bowl season thing is like, if COVID is worse in December, like are they gonna be willing to do all those bowls or do you think they kind of just like cut it? Cause like, it seems like a pretty high risk to be having, these teams from all over the country like travel and play each other like at least right now in the pac 12 you're it's kind of just like regionally same with all these conferences like you're stay, you're only interacting with teams in your region but if you do bowl games then you could be playing yeah. people from all over yeah i feel like if the covid cases get worse and we have hit this second wave in november december i feel like the scenario is going to go like a bunch of teams are going to cancel they're not going to do bowls they might not even do conference championships, but the SEC is going to go ahead, finish, and then they're going to claim a national championship with whoever <laughs> won their championship game. Like, I feel like that's how it's going to go down. Saban gets another ring. Yeah. Like, I feel like they're just going to claim it. Whoever their champion is the national champion. But, so it's like we have just a terrible system because, like, say Oregon goes 6-0. and Is that enough to get in over a 8-0 Ohio State uh Seven or nine and one Oklahoma, uh, ten and zero uh, Bama, and then some other team that is a one loss team. Like, is six and zero good enough to get you in, or seven and zero, whatever it is? Well, I like, think I, even the better comparison would be like, is six and zero better than being like, you know, eight and one or so, or seven and one yeah. for these teams that play eight games? Because you know, if your one loss is to some other really good team, then maybe that's better than, you know, Oregon just beating up a bunch of Pac-12 schools that, yeah. like, barely even tried to play this year. Yeah. See, maybe this is the greatest argument for an expanded playoff this year. Like, just have, like, 16 teams get in. Like, whoever wins your conference, you're in, and then six wild cards, and then just kind of do it that way. 
right? Maybe we can read all the bowl games all together if we just have a playoff. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's like you still have a ton of games on throughout the entire like bowl season technically, but it creates stakes. And I'm sure viewers would very much watch a tournament style game opposed to some throwaway game in Boca Raton, uh, you know, with FAU and Eastern Michigan, right? Yeah, because, like, bowl season was kind of fun when we weren't – like, when we were in college and you're at home on Christmas break and you don't have anything to do. So, you can actually – you can catch the game that starts at, like, 2 in the afternoon on a a Thursday, December, you know, 29th or whatever. But, like, nowadays I feel like it's kind of hard. Like, I just wish there was, like, you know, like we're saying, like a 16-team playoff with all the best teams and then, like, that's it. You don't have all this other fluff that – just seems a little ridiculous sometimes yeah because i can't imagine hawaii the state of hawaii is going to be opening up to people traveling over to their state you know from some of these you know hard hit in areas right yeah i feel like a lot of the pac-12 teams are going to kind of beat each other up like we already aren't really there's no like great pac-12 teams this year like it just feels like there's going to be a lot of you know four and twos three and three type of team i i, don't, I mean is there Which anyone you guys actually- think will go six and oh Oregon's like got a lot of top guys sitting out. So I don't think yeah. they go perfect. Arizona state's got some buzz, but so they got a chance, but in a limited schedule, I don't think in a 12 game schedule, they go perfect, but right. they got a chance to go six and oh with a six game schedule. Um, I think Mississippi but, state probably goes six and oh. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's our win by the way. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Starkville fans. That's uh those people that live in that godforsaken uh, plot of land. Yeah, Mike Leach, what a treasure. I, 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 also, I was shocked. Him talking about, did they really used to have a dorm at the top of the stadium? Did you guys hear him saying that? No, what was at he rambling on about? He said at LSU, they used to have a dorm. Like, he basically was saying that, like, students' dorm rooms were, like, basically in the press boxes. And they got rid of those at some point. I was like, what are you, is this guy talking about? I guess about? that feels believable. Like, he hasn't really lied with some of his stories so i guess it's yeah man that would be freaking awesome though like if you're if you had your dorm room was like overlooked martin stadium that would be insane Um, but just think it probably didn't have windows oh i'm sure it did (laughs) (laughs) you can legally house someone in a place that doesn't have a window (laughs) well it was probably it was probably illegal what they were doing Uh, yeah you turn your dorm room into like a press box be like, what was the quarterback that was that Rosen that had like the hot tub in his dorm room? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was living the he he peaked in college. That's the oh, definition yeah. of peaking in college. Josh Rosen. I think a lot of players peak in college and then Damn. Oh, most people do, I think, right? Yeah. Did um, did you guys peak in college? Nah, I'm still climbing. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, just real quick on the Mike Leach. Uh, Mississippi State I don't know so I had some thoughts initially I'm like there's no way this is gonna work but after watching last night LSU's got they lost a lot of players to the draft but they still have a ton of NFL talent on that field last night and they were gassed they were chasing those receivers all around for Mississippi State and I'm thinking to myself I don't know if Mississippi State is gonna be ever good enough to win all of the games and get to a final four but what they might be good enough to do is just be an absolute you know, beast in the SEC and just cause so much chaos where they might trip up Bama, they might trip up Auburn, LSU, 
Texas A&M, like two of those every single year because it's so much offense. And these uh, SEC defenses haven't seen a passing attack like this ever. And this prolific too. Like LSU kind of had that with Burrow last year, but not to this extent where you got, you know, a fifth-year senior and KJ Costello thrown for 630 yards or whatever it was, setting an SEC record. So I think there's a chance that, like, the SEC might have to change into an offensive conference because of Leach because, like, they're going to have to keep up with his offense every single damn game. Now, it I don't feels know like they're – Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I thought you no, I said I don't know if it's good enough to win 11, 12 games a year, but it might be good enough to win 10 games a year in that conference. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see, especially to see if Mike Leach can handle the SEC, because I mean, we kind of well, I mean, for me, I kind of thought like, OK, he's going into this. I'm going to try to pull the same thing he pulled at WCU and it's just not going to work because obviously we talk about the SEC defense and all that kind of stuff and the top tier that they have and everything. But I mean, he proved yesterday that he can keep up and I mean, Mississippi state had a pretty good defense. They were able to kind of shut down LSU a good majority of that game. So hell you got to give Mike Leach props, but still fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It definitely felt like a little bit of a bitter, bitter X. Yeah. Jealousy for sure. Said enemy, but it's like, why I don't know. We do that for us. That's I'm just glad we got Rolovich though. Cause I think he's going to be awesome. Like he'll, he's still like a great personality. And I don't know, before we, before we end this, what do you guys just uh, off the top of your head, but even without the Cougs schedule, how many games do you think they win this year? I think three and three is fair. Okay. I'm going to say you? we do. I'm going to say we do better. We go five and two. Five and two gets us to the title game. I doubt it. Does it? Because it's six games. And it's only six games. Game. Oh, it's only six seven. games? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then four and two. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go three and three also. I mean, I, I just have no idea. Like, it's all basically – we know it's our division for the most part, and I think one crossover, right? Yeah. So – Yeah, I, so we mostly know who we're going to be playing, but it's just a matter of who but – the, But the only reason I say four and two is because these top teams in the Pac-12 have players that are going to opt out, that are going to go and get ready for, like – for the draft and everything for the NFL. So that's why I think we have a better chance is because, I mean, players at LSU really can't opt out. I mean, they need this season in order to boost up their draft profile and all these kinds of things. So do we I know mean, of we'll any keep... Cougs that have opted out? Is that, has that happened to us yet? No, they well, just transferred. The couple... <laughs> Wasn't it the couple that weren't going to play initially? Remember when it was like they were going to form and join that union? A couple right. like were yeah, opting out. Which players that. were those? That was Cassidy they're... Woods. Okay, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I, but that what wasn't it like they got kicked off the team, but they didn't get kicked off the team. Or? So yeah, that was so confusing. The yeah, we never really found out what happened there. Never made sense. Because at first it sounded like Rolovich was the bad guy, and then it was like, oh, like in context, it's really not that bad. So I don't know. And then the receipts came out. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll see, but it seems like Rolovich has righted the ship a bit and it, it seems like it's a pretty stable situation. Let's go Cougs, baby. All right, listeners. So yesterday the Lakers were able to close out the series against the Nuggets and move on to the, to the finals. And today we have the Heat going up against the Celtics. 
possibly closing out the series and meeting the Lakers in the finals as well. But we won't find that out for another hour or so. So, guys, um, after yesterday's game, what do you guys think about the Lakers closing out that series? Pain. Lots (laughs) of pain. Yeah, that felt like a series where – this whole playoffs where it feels like the Lakers are getting stronger and stronger as the playoffs go along. I know we had some concerns at the beginning of this sort of bubble schedule that ooh, maybe the Lakers aren't as sharp as we thought they would be. But right now I'm kind of like, they have to be the odds on favorite to win it. And I don't know who would be more likely to beat them. The Celtics or the heat. I mean, the heat, Hopefully we'll, we'll see if they can, because you don't want to go to game seven because then anything can happen. But I mean, Lakers look sharp, man. Yeah, they, God, they just really, especially in those last couple of games. I mean, those were all kind of close games, the Nuggets, but I think you really just saw that like LeBron is still here. I mean, he, the end of game, what is it? Game four, he is locking down Jamal Murray and, Who's, who's just been insanely clutch and at the end of games this entire playoffs and LeBron kind of puts a stop to that. And then again, at the end of game five, I mean, I think it was what, like eight straight points from LeBron to close out that game and was just hitting like fadeaway after fadeaway and three after three. And he just like completely sucked the life out of that team. I mean, I think like you, the point you made of them getting stronger, like, yeah, they, they definitely look like they're the team to beat from this point forward, I feel like. Yeah, it just it just every every game they just keep getting better and better and I think they've I think they've just finally gone to like their like peak level. I don't I don't really see them being much better than they've been in this Nuggets series, which I mean, they're still playing really really well, but it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see especially with the Celtics and the in the Heat matchup like Chrisani said if this goes 7 games, the Lakers have are going to get a few more days to rest a few more days to just kind of um, just check those teams out and kind of see what they're doing and be prepared to go into this final series against whoever comes out of the East. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because both the heat and the Celtics are kind of, they're really like similar teams. Like they're, it's not like the nuggets or the Clippers. Like, are you going to pick the team that has a lot of size or are you picking the team with a lot of wing players like the heat and the Celtics both have you know a strong defensive core they've got a lot of guys that can score and you know a couple playmakers on each team so it's really a similar style it's going to be I, I mean personally I kind of think the heat close it out tonight um, they just that team has been so good with kind of making adjustments throughout the entire playoffs and in this series um, and I think that they'll they'll show up tonight where they didn't quite play as well the night before but we'll see does it feel like the Heat have a better chance, much better chance against the Lakers than the Celtics do? I mean, the Celtics, they got some players, but I just don't see where they have a tactical advantage over the Lakers. Whereas the I, Heat, they can do so many things versatilely. I think the Celtics have – I mean, I guess the Celtics and the Heat both have those wing players, but the Celtics don't have size down low. Like, I mean, they have Tice. And then they got Enos Cantor, who's just a defensive liability. Yeah, those to guys where, alive. Yeah, to where the Heat at least have Bam. And, I mean, they can – I don't think Myers Leonard plays very much right now, but who else do they throw down there? Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk. yeah. I mean, they, I think the Heat also have a huge 
coaching advantage. Um, I mean, like, especially with, I think Spolster is already a great coach, but having someone who had LeBron on his team for all those years, I think gives you a little bit of an advantage too. So yeah, I would, I would think the Heat are probably a tougher matchup, but I don't know. I think I saw something the other day that the Heat want the, or that the Lakers want the Heat because there's still kind of that LeBron and Pat Riley blood. And I don't know, man, that, that would be kind of be an interesting story going into those finals. For <laughs> I know it's been six years since LeBron was on the Heat, but, and he's probably changed it a lot as the player, obviously. But do you think there's something that Spolster knows how to hurt LeBron? I mean, I think at this point there's not – I don't think there's any secrets. Like, I think when you play LeBron, you, you try and hope that he becomes a jump shooter. And when he does that, you hope that the shot isn't falling. And that kind of the challenge with him, as we've seen in these playoffs, is, like, that doesn't happen that often. Like, you get a game or two where – his shot's not falling. And then sometimes when that's the case, he still has, you know, a guy like AD there to help him out if he's struggling. So I think that's really, I don't know that there's any, you know, kind of secret sauce that Spolstra would have, but I think Spolstra is better at making adjustments with his own team after, you know, a loss and kind of figuring things out than the Celtics are. Spolstra has also been there before. So he's been in these kinds of matchups and in the finals. And so he's got more, um, more experience than Vogel does, more experience than uh, Brad Stevens does. So I think that at least gives the Heat a little bit of an advantage. I mean, most of the players on the Heat don't have experience in the finals, but if you're able to have a coach that can kind of see things and be able to transition and move players out and just change things up, like when things aren't working, I think Spolster is probably the best coach that's, that's left right now to do something like that since he's done it before multiple times. So I don't know, as much as, as much as you think about the players and them competing and playing really good, you also got to think about the coach being able to make good choices of who to sub in, who to take out and all those kinds of things. I think the heat kind of have the advantage in that. But you do know one thing that uh, the Celtics have that the Lakers and the heat do not have. If you say title town, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Close. I mean, close. I wasn't going to go there, but now that you mention it, you know what they have? Gordon Hayward and Brad Stevens, they've been to an NCAA championship match, right? <laughs> right. They, they've been to, you know, they've been to the, the promised land for the most part. They, they were lost. inches away. Well, well by inches, <laughs> by inches they lost, right? They almost took down Mighty Duke, but that's neither here nor there. And that also happened 10 years ago. I was so. going to say, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> feels like that was a long time ago yeah. it was but you're talking about their loss well guess what lebron's got six losses in the finals that's true oh. that's true so try to never forget i'd love to have that three and seven talk but i don't want to jinx it let's not jinx it let's not jinx it um i don't want him <laughs> to be four and six in the finals um i do hate how it's like people on twitter last night were doing the oh can we have the goat conversation now i'm like it's a conference championship. Like it's not an actual NBA title. Like we can have that talk when you get to five or six titles. I don't know. I it's, it's definitely getting closer. I it's going to be hard for you, Chris, but I think like the fact that he's made it to the conference finals with three different teams, three different decades, like all the, I mean, it's, it's literally no matter where he goes, he does this. And the whole, knock on LeBron his entire career has been 
oh, he did it in the East where there's like no good teams. Well, he just did it as the number one seed in the West. Like, I don't know. I think it's, it's going to get tougher and tougher to be like, oh, we can't have this good conversation until he gets sick. Listen, I, I know full well that the barriers and the walls of protecting MJ as the GOAT are going to fall eventually. And it's only going to happen naturally because it's a generational thing, right? Depends on who, what your age is. For, for certain ages, Bill Russell is the best player of all time. For certain ages, Kareem is. For certain ages, Magic is. MJ is. And now it's LeBron. So it's, gonna, it's a generational thing. Like, I understand that the younger people are just not going to consider anyone else as the best of all time. I understand that LeBron is probably going to be the best of all time for a, a, a mass number of people. So it, it's just a generational thing, just like anything else. Yeah, I mean, I think, too, it's kind of like the aura of MJ is is tough for him to overcome. But I think, I don't know, man, you keep, like, he keeps doing things like this and it it like just reminds you of MJ and you think like, oh, well, maybe he could be held in that same light. And then when you like start looking at the stats and everything, like LeBron's going to pass or already has passed MJ in pretty much every statistical category there is. So the titles is obviously like a big team piece of it, but when you look at like individual performances, I, I, is there any statistical category that MJ is better at? Like as far as like player stats, you do have to remember with the statistical thing, MJ was off for a year and a half. Plus he went to college for what, three years. So that's almost five seasons that LeBron has on him. So the statistics don't like, you have to take it with a grain of salt. But I think that's, but I think that's part of it, right? Like isn't longevity and being able to be great for a long time, like should be a factor, right? I mean, like MJ couldn't it should, keep up but with like the grind say, of it. He had to take two years off points, in the middle of when, it. when you do like points, rebounds, assists, like when you do the, like the comparing next to each other, there's a little bit of bias in those stats because LeBron's just got more minutes than MJ out there. Yeah, I mean, an MJ like took way more shots. Than and LeBron also, too, it's so. a d- different era where they're scoring 120 points a night now. Um, yeah, but LeBron or MJ took more shots than LeBron, so I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm just saying, like, I think these things are kind of starting to stack up, and I don't know. I mean, rings is obviously a huge piece of it, but if he does go on and get a fourth ring, and I mean, the other thing too with the Lakers right now is it's if they are keeping this up, it, it kind of looks like. I mean, if LeBron can keep playing like this for another year or two and then AD takes more steps forward, like, this isn't a one-and-done team. Like, they're going to be – Isn't AD all the way off to Chicago already? <laughs> like, isn't that a thing? Yeah, I, I doubt that. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't think that this uh, – this feels like a rental thing. I don't know if the future of the Lakers is on the team right now. You think that AD is going to leave this offseason? I don't know about this offseason, but I don't see him being there for another 10 years. See, like, I can see him I mean, signing a one-and-one deal. Like, as oh, soon as LeBron leaves, he, he has no real incentive to play there anymore. If he wants to go home and play for Chicago, like, I can totally get that. Like, these rumors, they're out there for a reason. Like, you hear these whispers, like, and a lot of them are true at the end of the day. Um, so, I don't know really if this is a Lakers project that's going to last for – a long time like the window is closing as soon as LeBron falls off that cliff it's just not going to work anymore well what I'm saying though is even if it is only two or three more years like that's 
two or three more chances that they probably are competing for a championship. Yeah. So, and I don't, I don't know who the emerging team is. I don't know who the emerge. I mean, we talked about Giannis for two or three years now, and they've failed on the biggest stages, not even the biggest stages. And I, mean, I think it's Denver. Kind of waiting for, is it? I think so. I mean, you look at how great, like, I mean, this has kind of been Jamal Murray's coming out party. Uh, Jokic has been incredible and kind of has been the last couple of years. And then now with like the emergence of Michael Porter Jr., you could be looking at a pretty solid, you know, three-man team right there with those guys. And they're all just so young and they've got good pieces around them too. So they remind me a lot of the Warriors when they were kind of coming up. I mean, you've got, mm-hmm. you know, they move the ball pretty well. They shoot the ball really well. Um, they've got like young guys that are kind of learning what it takes to make it in the NBA. And I think like, I don't know. I think that's going to be a team to, that's going to be a force the next couple of years for sure. At least over on the West. Yeah. And know. also we'll see if the Warriors do return. Yeah. That too. Um, I don't know. Can, do you think the Warriors at full strength can beat the Lakers next year? No, I think full strength Warriors are probably the, fourth best team in the west really yeah i mean Wait, like the clippers clippers are still going to be there i mean they're they oh, obviously God. have oh. a huge collapse that, that, but I think, that, that thing sounds like someone big is getting traded this offseason maybe but i i mean i think if they do they're going to get something big back so i don't think i mean if you have Kawhi leonard another all-star you're going to be a top whatever couple teams and then it, i don't know just like hurt you know steph and clay coming off injuries draymond looked like shit so i kind of think the pieces I mean, aren't now i mean if the warriors go get Giannis, then yeah it's obviously a whole other story but... <laughs> you also well, gotta think, think of I what mean... they're gonna do with their with their draft pick too because i mean they could easily trade that for another asset or they could just stick with their draft pick too but yeah i don't know you also got you just got to think about how steph and clay will be returning from injuries so right they could potentially not be very good i know they're I know their team is very depleted and very young. So they aren't like the old Warriors where they actually had good players on their bench, like Sean Livingston. They had um, Iguodala. Like. Iguodala, yeah. They don't have these players anymore. They're all young. They're all just random players that have been cut from other teams. And so, I mean, you're going to have to rely on those. I'm talking about the guy Looney. <laughs> Do they still have him? I thought they don't have him anymore. <laughs> I think I think he got hurt. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is they like the Warriors payroll? When you look at it, it just hurts. Like they they owe Steph like forty three million dollars. Clay's making thirty five. You have Wiggins and Draymond are both making like high twenties. Like there's just no room to kind of. I think also the, the the owner would gladly pay the luxury tax for a championship though. Yeah, oh, yeah. but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just tough to to make to bring in any big pieces when you have that much that you're. No, but I've also heard that the top draft picks this year aren't that great, so there's a high chance that they would trade. Like I've heard a little initial talk about the top five picks, and I've seen some mock drafts and listened to some podcasts, and experts just don't sound very confident in these top guys. And if you're trying to win a championship, you don't want a rookie like you just no it takes years to develop yeah yeah Yeah. i mean yeah look how long it took for even the top warriors players to get to be superstardom it took steph five or six years to really get that name recognition right the same with clay and draymond so 
yeah, it, it'll, it'll be interesting. And the, obviously the timeline for the season is all pushed back and messed up and hopefully they can figure out a way to get things back on track because you start in January, you'd like to end in June, but that means like cramming a bunch of games together. So yeah, this whole thing is, is just interesting and we'll have a bubble champion here in the next, uh, I think the, what the finals start later this week, right? Yeah, I think they Probably, could start yeah. as early as Tuesday. Give them some rest. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Well, the the bubble's coming to an end. It's kind of crazy. It it feels like it's crazy how long they've been there. But man, they've it's been great. It's been awesome to kind of have playoff basketball back. And I think it's pretty obvious why the NBA wanted to to restart the season because this. I mean, in my opinion, this has been one of the best playoffs that I can remember in the last in a very long time. Just with how competitive it's been and. I mean, almost well, every series. The, the, I think people would – maybe it's a recency bias thing, but, like, them making the games every other day and yeah. not, like, two, every two or three days, like, really, like, expedites the process. And we, we like, we're able to, like, remember what happened at the beginning of the series. And it, oh, yeah. it, it just feels like yeah, the pace is just so much faster. It's exhausting. I feel, yeah, I just feel like with – especially with the first round, like, for a normal playoff, I feel like that first round just lasts so long in mm-hmm. – season it literally went by within like a week it felt like it was like a week long yeah it was having nice a game had every those other day daytime games they didn't have to try and do like only two games a night for sure all right everyone back with more zero to 100 one thing that we want to get to uh on this week's pod is we never got crescenti's top five sports moments of all time so i know he's prepared his list and is ready to give them to you so crescenti what uh what do you have let's start with five and count down to one yeah, so I was listening to your guys's, and I don't know who had who who was the person that had like the full season. Was it Padilla? <laughs> that was Padilla. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, I'd like to critique Hunter Wishes. I know that uh, Kobe has a very special place in his heart, but like, I, I'm sorry, that 60 point game where they they didn't even make the playoffs. It was just like the last game, and I get uh, it. It's, you were just big moment, that but the like, Warriors game was on the same night. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say you're critiquing all of us because we all said that this. The Kobe game was better than that than breaking well, that record. Like the Kobe game wasn't even like it was at the fourth quarter. They were literally getting past half court and literally just handing the ball to Kobe, and the Jazz were just sitting around letting him shoot. Like, do you remember like how just awful basketball that game was? No, it was great. I was loving. It was not good basketball, guys. It was not good basketball. But it I was just vintage Kobe for sure. Um, so my fifth moment, I think it's gonna be. It, it was tough for me, but. It's a moment I didn't even watch. Okay. And I was about I to say, no, <laughs> I didn't no, think so, about this guy. Crescent has so many teams that you can pick God. from. Gonna, no, 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 no. Really this context, one. and you'll understand why after I say this. So I, it was in February of 2015. Um, I don't know if you guys know where you were in February 2015, but I was working at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge. And this was during uh, the Super Bowl, Seahawks and Patriots. And I kind of was watching the game on my phone. I wasn't supposed to have it out, but I, I kind of had it underneath the table. And, you know, as, as I was doing, you know, checking bags in and whatnot, I was able to watch the whole game. And, but then I wasn't able to watch the end of the game because the reception was bad or whatnot. And I, but I knew the Seahawks were driving and I'm like, ah, Jesus, like, oh, of course, this is, this is going to how it, this is how it's going to end. Like the Seahawks are going to get back to back Super Bowls. And I hear from like the lounge or the bar area, like cheering. And I'm like, well, that's it. Well, good, good season. You know, 
Tom, you know, just loses another Super Bowl. And then one of the Bellmen walks up to me. He's like, oh, the Patriots won the Super Bowl. And I'm like, no, they didn't. Like, no, no, they didn't. And then sure enough, I go on Twitter and um, like I saw the Malcolm Butler uh, uh, interception at the one yard line, not to rub some salt in the wound Seahawks fans, but that was an awesome moment. Yeah. I'm still surprised Padilla that that wasn't on your top five, just because how it happened like that, not only was it a Super Bowl win, but it was just like in such dramatic fashion. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was great. I loved it, but uh, I don't know. I just thought everything else was a little bit better. I mean, it was like, it wasn't better than an entire WSU football season. (laughs) Dude, that, I don't know why you guys keep making fun of me. That season was amazing. The funny part is you were making fun of me for being like, Oh yeah. The, the heats championship and saying that the Ray Allen shot was like the icing on the cake. That wasn't me. That was wish. No, that was you too. All right, so I'm also going to reveal something. I think you guys know this, but two weeks prior, do you guys remember that NFC Championship game where it looked like the Packers had it won? Oh, yeah. I sent out a tweet saying game, set, match, and basically regarding, like, I thought the Packers had made it won. And then the Seahawks did what the Seahawks do, the unthinkable, came back and won. And I literally just had it coming to me. I was getting texts all over the place. I had to delete the tweets. Like, I, I shouldn't have done this. Like, I was fresh out of the frat. People were hating me. People hate me. People still hate me. Um, and I had that coming because I was a known Seahawks hater. And um, like, Man, you jinxed it, Chris. I know. I know, man. I know. I, I just I, – I had to sit there and just take my medicine for the most part. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a, a disaster. That was a, maybe a bottom five sports moment for me. Um, so number four, I think it's you go even further back in the calendar, and this was this is more this was a singular moment, more as it, it was sort of a two week sort of situation. Um, if you remember Michael Phelps' eight gold medals at the two thousand eight Beijing Olympics, I yeah. remember that was a, a moment where it's like that was before social media and before we knew the results for the most part. Um, you know, so we were watching in prime time back home and we didn't really know the results unless you wanted to like actually dig through the internet and find them. And I remember just like the stress of like him and some of these close races where he's winning by a 10th of a second in the relays or a one one hundredth of a second in that, I think it was the 200 meter butterfly. And I just remember that was just an awesome moment to like be a part of. And you're just like watching history and watching like the greatest of all time, just like mop up and actually like live up to the hype because so much had gone into the Olympics of him like breaking Mark Spitz record and he did it. Was that before or after the weed incident? (laughs) I think that was before. Dang. Even though hindsight, it's like, what's the big deal now? Who yeah, was the guy that was like peeing on someone's car at the Olympics or something like that? That Lochte? Yeah. That sounds like Lochte, yeah. That was a good Olympic moment too. <laughs> the Olympics are so lame. I'm sorry. I feel like you, you would <laughs> oh, love Lochte. Oh, God. I feel like that could easily trigger Chris Enny. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, listen, I get the people not exactly liking the Olympics. I mean, not every sport's for everyone, but it's a cool like two weeks where it's literally like 24 hour sports. It's just a binge of just so many other sports and you have regular sports going on in this country as well. So it, it's a pretty cool moment usually. 
and it's yeah, sort of some like of the a, events are all right but just the whole yeah the whole and ordeal for of two it. weeks and maybe i don't know in the future it's how it's going to go but for two weeks we could actually like be proud of um americans competing <laughs> as one <laughs> like i don't know how it's going to work in future uh, uh olympics because all like we are so like there's so much tension in the country because I just feel like if someone goes out in a press conference and wears a MAGA hat or a Black Lives Matter hat, it's all over. Then we're not going to support anyone anymore, right? Um, yeah, true. Probably we'll see some sort of, I guess like, maybe not since it'll be next year, but man, if they would have been this year, we for sure would have seen some sort of. Yeah. Like I feel like we support our athletes until they do one small thing and then it's all goes to shit. But that was, I think, my fourth one. My third one would probably be and you guys aren't going to like this one, but this was sort of a, a history one where it's like, oh, getting to see records and, and droughts ending. I think the 2004 Red Sox winning the uh, World Series, like I was in bed. My dad had to wake me up. And I don't know why. Like, it sounds really bad as me as a super sports fan, like sleeping on literally like the Red Sox ending 86 years of championship drought. But that was a, like a moment where you just you don't forget that. Yeah, at least it wasn't the 2007 World Series. That's right. Yeah. That was a sweep. Clean sweep. Yeah. Rocky still have never won a World Series game. <laughs> oh for four. <laughs> Are they in the playoffs this year? No. Are they out? No. Yeah. Zach doesn't know. He doesn't like baseball. They ain't good. Uh, even though he's got a tenth of the league in his teams. Well, it's about <laughs> less than half of what you got, so we're talking about the ladder. <laughs> What's your number th- hey, uh, your two number two, Crescenti? <laughs> My number two is gonna be in from two thousand seventeen. January 2017, and it's when Roger Federer won the 2007 uh, the, the Australian Open over Rafa Nadal. And I was living out in Moscow at the time, and it, I stayed up to like three, four in the morning because it's obviously out in Australia, and so the time zones are all messed up. But he had just come off of like a six-month injury. A lot of people didn't know if he was going to be able to, you know, win another major. And, and let alone have this much success. Like he had to go through some amazing players to get there. I remember watching like basically all of his matchups up until then. And then like Rafa, who is his greatest rival, was up a break on him in the fifth set. And you're like, oh, we've seen this story before. It's probably over. Not going to be able to pull this one out. And then miraculously, he just turns it into another gear and then just ends up just pulling away and playing amazing. And I think that that was, I think he's my favorite athlete of all time and just getting to see that moment wow. and then he went on to win Wimbledon that year um, I think that that was pretty pretty cool all right what's your number one my number one moment hmm. can I just say all of the Golden State Warriors history <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know I think watching there was something like there's just something about the moment at the 2015 title and also like the spurs winning the 2007 title like it's a weird like moment where i like i can remember where i was when they won certain titles um and it's just it's a weird thing to have like as my number one but like like can i have multiple ones for my number one have whatever you want guys yeah. this is your last episode <laughs> <laughs> like the 2007 uh, Spurs. I was at like some assembly for my sister at her middle school. I remember like getting updates in the game 
And so you uh, weren't even watching these games either. Yeah, I know. He's well, just pick, he's just picking the series that where LeBron lost is basically his favorite sports. Moment. I really like the 2007 one. I like the 2011. Well, the 2011 one was like, oh, I was frustrated with that. I'm like, JJ Perret is going to win a title. What? I was frustrated with that one. Um, I'll, I'll admit to that, even though it's funny hindsight now. Um, but like the, the like also, I also remember the 2013. That was just an awesome moment. I remember watching Game Six with some friends. And um, we were drinking at my house. I wasn't 21 yet, but um, it, my parents were gone at my sister's like orientation. And uh, so we were watching that shot. And I remember just <laughs> collapsing. You're like, you make that sound like it was so bad. You were in college. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was only 20 years old. Um, <laughs> no, I remember when I was on the couch and then like, I was sort of like mid, like almost like a crouch. And it looks like the Spurs are going to get this. They're going to get this. And then, like, I remember dropping to my knees when Rayon hit the shot. And, like, for me, it's, like, one of the most memorable sports moments where I remember, like, every detail about it. Yeah, it's like, just, like bringing it, out the trophy on the court. And, yeah, like, and, like, the fans leaving, that look that Pat Riley had. Like, it's, like, it's just an iconic moment. Like, there's something about it where I remember that sports moment really than any other moment. No, that that makes sense. I mean, like, even though we were giving Zach shit about it last week, that shot gets brought up, like, almost all the time, and it was a game six, so it wasn't even, like, the game to close it close it out or anything like that, but I don't know. That shot just had – I mean, obviously, it had a big impact because then the Heat went on to win the title the next – and closed out game seven, but, no, that shot is – that shot's huge. They always yeah, I think it's going to be uh, – yeah the missed Kawhi free throw that led to the shot being the tying shot. Is that a dig at Kawhi? Well, yeah, he missed the free throw to, to ice it. Well, then he came back next year and turned off the air conditioning. Yeah. But <laughs> didn't LeBron miss the game-winning shot? He did. He took a three. He took the it, three that Bosch got. The, rebound Bosch. Yeah. Big yeah. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> and then wasn't it – but LeBron had like ten game straight game. points before that missed shot. Like that game was, that game was over. They were, I think the Heat were down by like eight points with a couple minutes left, and then LeBron starts going off, and then, uh, and then he misses that one, and then the Ray Allen well, shot. But the, the crazy part that everyone forgets is that that could have been contested because um, the Spurs tried to call timeout when they didn't have a timeout and everyone forgets that. But like, they went back to the review uh, to review. That was a three. So everyone forgets like, Oh, the Spurs like should have been uh, called for a foul. Um, trying to call timeout. Yeah. And the, I mean the, the Bosch, the block in the corner too, in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that, there was just so many memorable things about that. And, um, but that didn't that series like the first like it took a little while to get that series going because there was a lot of blowouts. It first, was like, yeah, I think games. the I think the first like three or four games were all blowouts. Um, but then obviously, like I've never seen a game six be so good, and then the game seven be just as good. Yeah, that one. Like was amazing. I, I was kind of expecting the Spurs to maybe roll over, and then sort of the Heat just go and just take over. But, like, they stood tall and, like, had a chance. And I think it was – was it the game seven where Tim Duncan had just the small bunny, hu- where he bunny missed, hook? Yeah, he missed – I'll never forget that him kind of, like, pounded the court floor yep. after he missed the shot Ugh. that he makes, like, heart. every time. Yeah. And then LeBron icing it. 
then the steel to close it out. Why is that not like the most, like, I'm sorry, but LeBron, like, why is that the one, like, you talk about your Cleveland one, and obviously this Lakers one's obviously going to mean more, but how is like the Heat championships get lost? Oh, I don't know. I think th- like it I feels think, like he's forgotten his Heat days. I feel like, like those ones like are pretty he, significant to him. Does he even remember know. that he was on the Heat? <laughs> like honestly, like it feels like it's like you ask him about the Heat. It's like no, nah, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I've always been a Cav and a Laker. Uh, I think that's or, just how people kind of make it out to seem. Because like I mean, I feel like whenever we talk about it, we bring up LeBron Heat like all the time and stuff like that but i think now people just i mean obviously that Cavs title was was huge and this next lakers one will be big too but it's also so sure. long ago like he, it's it's weird he's had like lebron has had like three hall of fame careers like i mean you had the heat and then that like second Cavs stint almost feels like it was a totally different career of his that just because it was like a whole different team and squad and he was still like going to the finals every year. But I don't know. I feel like that's but, part of it. Yeah. So I think that sort of rounds out my top five uh, favorite moments in sports. And there's sp- still room for more. What was your sixth man? Um, I really, I remember also that when the Panthers won the NFC championship game in 2015, or was it, it was 2016 actually. Sorry. Yeah that was a really cool moment. And like, it was like, wow, we're going to the Super Bowl Cause I was pretty young when they went to their first Super Bowl, And I remember bits and pieces of it, but I listened to most of that season on the radio actually. Um, and not on TV when the Panthers went to that first Super Bowl. There's something also, about the they, game that clinches the trip to the Super Bowl. Like I remember like that year, the Broncos won it. The, the game before that, when they beat the Pats was like yeah. insanely yes. like that one was almost more memorable just cause it was a better game, but. Yeah, Brady was driving, and then that defense just stopped him. Yeah. And that was the yeah. one game that Peyton was, like, really, really good. He, I think he had, like, three touchdowns that game. God, yeah. And then, yeah, that Super Bowl was just, I think, one of the biggest snoozers. Is that your, is that your least favorite sports moment of all time, that Super Bowl? Uh, well, <laughs> I think or you know the least favorite. 2016? Yeah. NBA 2016. Finals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> Uh, I'd also like to, for the record, I'd like to show that uh, wasn't LeBron on the record saying he wants all the players in the uh, game. That way he can beat them all. But then, like, uh, someone said, this is you. And uh, uh, him getting Draymond kicked out. I, I know I just explained uh, that terribly. I explained that terribly yeah. for the viewers. I know. I was so I confused of what you were talking about. But, yeah. Oh, because uh, yeah. oh, it, yeah, it had to deal with Jamal, Jamal Murray. Fallon yeah, I can't believe LeBron had Draymond uh, got him kicked out of the last three games of that series. <laughs> I'm telling you, Draymond is in that, what was it, game five? Oh, wait, right. Draymond was in game six and seven? Re- oh, LeBron did have to go through Draymond. Wow, but, but I thought that him getting kicked out, uh, I thought that affected the whole series. Look what the Nuggets lost, brought Kriseni. You're about to leave, and now I'm going to have to deal with this guy just defending LeBron James now since he has. I don't know if he's a season. Lakers fan or a Nuggets fan. Like he's like a double agent, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I was just defending LeBron from the Cavs right there. <laughs>
Okay, listeners, we've got an exciting segment for you right here. We have got, uh, as one of Kristeni's last uh, takes as a host on the pod, he's going to be giving you guys his 10 commandments of sports. Is that kind of what you're doing right now, Kristeni? I am. I think it's important, just like you listen to the 10 commandments to uh, develop your moral compass, you should listen to these 10 commandments of sports to develop your morals in sports. So... I think it's important. I think it's important. Yeah. So we start with our number one and maybe the most important. I am thy goat. Thou shall not take any strange goats before MJ. (laughs) (laughs) I think that speaks for itself. Yeah. We all clear on that one? Yeah. Yeah, Not much anymore, but yeah. I I think we all agree on that. This one's a little bit different, a little more uh, directed to our crowd. Thou shall not take the name of any coog in vain now what i'm saying here is basically this is the one don't swear don't say the term and zach please please bleep it out if you can cooged it i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it it is the worst thing you could possibly say right it is is some vulgar language get that out of here now obviously another one remember to keep the holy sabbath day now i think this can speak for both you know, in church regular and in the football world, like our, I mean, we, we need to keep football Sundays and football Saturdays holy, I think. The holy red zone Sundays. Yes. Honor thy godfather and godmother. Now, who's the godfather, Zach? Pat. Pat? Who's Pat the godmother? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that one. I think I, well, the, the, I don't know who is the godmother of sports. Um, I didn't really think that one through. It was like the godfather, Pat, Pat Riley, Chris Riley, the wife of Pat Riley. Yeah, Pat Riley's wife is the godmother. Okay. Thou shall not kill LeBron. Don't stop killing your opponents, LeBron. We don't like it. You got rid of Draymond. We saw what you did. We saw what you did trying to posterize those players. Uh, is that, the fifth, also, is that the fifth one? Give us the, the, the numbers here. What are you on right uh, That's now? the fifth one. Yes, I'm okay. sorry. I'm okay. sorry. Um, number six. This one I, I feel also transcends both, right? Um, I think uh, especially here in the bubble. And I think what was, uh, what was his name uh, for the Houston uh, Rockets? Uh, thou shall not commit adultery. <laughs> but but this can also this can also be interpreted of Zach. Don't commit adultery. Don't cheat on your teams. Keep to stick to one squad, and that's it. Don't cheat on your teams. I love how you call out Zach, but you <laughs> literally are fucking guilty of this. Yeah, I, I, Christiani is way more guilty than me on this. <laughs> Uh, forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. <laughs> this is probably a good time for me to start listing off all of the teams that Kriseni roots for: no, Celtics, gonna... Spurs, Jazz, Warriors, Clippers, Blazers, Patriots, Panthers, Bucks. Panthers, Bucks in the same division. That one's tough to see. Tampa mm. Bay Rays, Boston Red Sox, the Cougs. <laughs> I don't. I could. Should I keep going into like some of the less common sports? I, I like UCF as well. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, thou shall not steal championships is the seventh one. And um, I think this one is also pretty, uh, uh, you know, basic as well. I mean, we, how many times have we seen championships stolen uh, 
from the 2016 finals to uh, that time the refs rigged the league in the NBA to um, I think that's about it, right? What other championships have been stolen? There was when the Warriors stole the front, the Warriors front office stole a championship from Durant when they put him in and got him hurt. Oh, wow, that's a low blow. Damn. That's what Durant thought, too. Uh, this one is <laughs> I'm starting to lose it here like, I, like the list really gets weaker as it goes along um, oh, but then it sort of picks up after this one this one is thou shalt not bear false witnesses against thy neighbor this one's essentially stop lying why are you always lying <laughs> alright LeBron why are you always lying LeBron acting like like and so what does this mean remember when uh lebron got dunked on at the nike headquarters at some <laughs> camp and then his people confiscated the tape stop lying lebron stop lying <laughs> uh, i know this seems very very just heavy on the basketball very but, lebron centric uh, yeah. yes yeah. yes um this one also uh this one is a, is a lot like, you know, the, the previous one, number nine, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Um, this can also be interpreted of thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's championships or wife or wife or championships. Really, right? Wife. <laughs> like, don't be jealous of another team's championships. I mean, Zach, I know you have a lot of teams that, with a lot of different championships, but you, don't, you can't have all those championships. Chrisendi, you have a team that's won a championship every year, right? I mean, with like the 15 or so teams in the NBA that you root for, you're pretty much guaranteed to like get a title, aren't you? I guess uh, maybe except this year, you might not. You're, you had like 10 teams that fell. I mean, I, I would say – That must uh, be tough for you. I'm, I'm rooting for either the Heat or the Celtics to, to win it all. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, don't covet the championships. I mean, hey, it's okay, Zach, to be jealous of the Celtics' 17 championships. It's okay, okay? Just I thought he was going to say of his, of his success with choosing teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even think my parents were alive when the Celtics were winning championships, so there's nothing really to be jealous of there. And this one also goes, the final one, the Tenth Commandment. This one goes out to LeBron as well, right? <laughs> We, how much do we hear about him complaining? I only got 16 first place votes over Giannis. <laughs> Feel sorry for me. Thou shall not cover thy neighbor's goods. Just because he won back-to-back MVPs doesn't mean you need to win them. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We had a great pod today. Kriseni, uh glad that you were able to be a part of it for as long as you could. And we're going to definitely be calling you up to be a guest as much as possible coming up. Any, any last parting words? It's been a fun summer. I know we started this during the pandemic just as something fun to do and sort of pastime. And it sort of evolved over the months and really became a clean, polished product. And we're always growing and I know you guys will continue to grow here and get better and better and better and um, you know maybe you know we'll see what the future holds and maybe we'll return someday you know much like uh, MJ but we'll see it's, it's been fun and I, I like your I, guy LeBron come back to your uh, to your home pod and bring a championship to yeah bring it yeah bring a championship back to the back to the pod we'll see but uh well, I, I won't be too far away. The hot takes, they, they, you can't let the hot takes, you know, go cold. 
And we were also saying you're, you're probably going to be pretty happy to be uh, relocating to Spokane with so much more access to fast food than you have right now. Oh, oh man. It's uh, you're gonna just it might be, like, be dangerous. I was checking it out. The Blaze and Chipotle are right next to each other. Yeah, they're literally in the same building. Yeah, so that's that's it could be deadly for me, guys. So, I mean, if I develop diabetes, um, you know why? <laughs> Timbo's gonna be pushing you in a wheelbarrow down uh, Division Street to go get your your Panda Express. Well, he's gonna have Baxter hooked on a fucking on like a cart, just and tugging him gonna, along in a wagon. He's gonna be, be like a Baxter. Like... Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I might. Uh, we'll, we'll see, but uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, and uh, I know we'll only an hour and a half from the Coup Games, even though I'm not gonna go to Coup Games this year. So we'll see. All right, well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Tune in next week. Later. Later.